before we start the show, I want to give you a limited time offer. If there is anything keeping you from subscribing to Digiday Plus, our premium membership program, this should help get you over the line. Just for you, our podcast listeners, um, for a limited time, we have a three-month subscription to Digiday Plus for a mere $49. That's 70% off. Um, Digiday Plus members get access to unlimited number of articles, exclusive research, and much more. You get invites to live podcast recordings, for instance. Um, visit digiday.com slash subscribe and use intro at checkout. That is I-N-T-R-O. I hope you give it a try. Memes have emerged as a new form of communication and entertainment that baffle me, but they're the way that a lot of young people both entertain each other and express themselves. One of the biggest meme accounts out there is Daquan. This is an Instagram juggernaut. It has an amazing 12.3 million subscribers. It was started by a Canadian teenager, but it is now the biggest property of Imagine Media, a social publisher that is focused on creating content for teens and young adults, primarily on Instagram and Snapchat. Imagine's various accounts have 35 million followers and 2 billion video views a month, which sounds like quite a lot. I'm Brian Marcy, and this is the Digiday Podcast. On this episode, I speak to Barack Shargai. He is the CEO of Imagine Media. Barack gives me the case for why Instagram accounts with massive audiences are not just cultural phenomenons, but also sustainable and profitable media brands in and of themselves. We also talk about creating video for Snapchat and Instagram at a time when many other publishers have cooled off on video for platforms. Barack, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Okay, so for those um, in the audience who do not know Imagine, explain exactly what it is and, and, and also how it started because it's an interesting backstory. So Imagine is a social publisher. We are creating content for millennial and Gen Z audiences, wherever they are, right? These days, mostly on Instagram and Snapchat. This is where we find them. We started a company four years ago, initially with the goal to build an owned and operated mobile app. Okay. Called comedy.com. And good, we, good URL. Good URL, exactly. And we reached out to uh, YouTubers to actually create a mobile first content for us, for the app. And they didn't want to. They all said, we're already on YouTube, we're already here, we have an audience, why would we go to comedy.com to build new presence on a new app? And we didn't really know how to solve this. We thought maybe we will take their content, cut it down to uh, create mobile versions of this. And we saw that this is just not a way to scale. And back then, my partner and I, we moved to Los Angeles. And we took an apartment at 1600 Vine, Airbnb. Mm -hmm. We go into the elevator and we see Logan Paul with us in the elevator. One of the biggest viners in the world, right? So then we started pitching him comedy.com. Let's do something together. And he said, you know what? You came to the right place because all the Viners live here in this building. Oh, so, really? Yeah. There's one spot. <laughs> one spot. Okay. And this was way before people really noticed Viners or paid attention to Viners. So the next day we moved to this building and started signing Viners. You're just like hanging out in the lobby? In, in the gym. Okay. gym. <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> I didn't get more fit from that, but okay. we're just spending time in the gym, you know, waiting for influencers to come in. And like, this guy's not even wearing workout clothes, right? Exactly. <laughs> I can tell you that most of the Vine videos that were created back then were created, were shot in that building. Okay. It's just insane. Everyone were living in that building. If you don't, if you didn't live there, you are not a good Viner. This yeah. is how it was. 
So we started signing them, and the whole promise was, let's take you out of Vine. Let's build your presence on Facebook, on Instagram. Let's create a little bit longer form content with more premium storytelling. So we basically took Viners and gave them the production resources they needed to actually produce better content. Like as an agency business. As an agency, like you can like a, you, you can call it like an MCM, yeah, MCN. Okay. but without red revenues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we started building scale like this very fast. We got to like billions and billions of views a month. We saw really good scale that we could go to advertisers and say, let's create branded content with all these, with those, with these influencers that are signed to us. But did you have exclusive relationships or no? It was, you know how this is, yeah. this world is, like in terms of exclusive, it's kind of tough. Back then we didn't have enough of in really competition, so we were so, sort of exclusive. Okay. But we didn't really care about having exclusive, to be honest. It's not like we wanted to uh, become an agency or an MCN. For us, it was a good way to start creating content and reach out to the brands. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of our entry point into the market. Then we said, okay, we are producing these videos with the influencers, putting it on the comedy.com app, and also on Facebook. And then we see that on Facebook we're getting 10 million views and on the app it's getting like a few thousands, right? So we said, all right, I mean, there is, uh, there is a great opportunity in actually being a distributed media company. Why should we develop our own thing when, you know, you, there is so much scale on social media? So we said, okay, let's be 100% focused on social media. Let's shut down the current owned and operated app. Let's put it on the side. Okay. The old fish where the fish are. Exactly. And then the fish, at least the young fish these days, they're, they're on Instagram and Snap. True. So back then we, we managed Daquan. It was an, a talent that was managed by us. It was Explain Daquan. I mean, this is like a teenager started this site? Yeah, back then he was, I think, 16 or almost 17. And we noticed the account when it had around 100,000 followers. It just popped on our system. We, have, we built a tag that allows us to see which accounts are emerging and showing good engagement. Okay. And the so one was constantly up. on the top. But this is not like a Vine account. I mean, this is a, it's a meme account. It's a meme account on Instagram. That's how it okay, started. Okay, so explain this for those, believe it or not, there's some, there's some older listeners. Okay. Um, who do not understand the, the world of meme accounts. So Taylor Lorenz is listening right now and she's <laughs> horrified by me asking this question. <laughs> so... Memes is how today social users, especially young social users, are talking with their friends, not just consuming content. It's a way for people to talk to each other, to connect around content, around different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, it's content and expression. It's content and expression mixed okay. together that you're taking a visual with a commentary and together it's creating a new piece of content. So if you're taking, let's say, a funny photo of Drake, right, or a funny video of someone and with an original caption to it, with an original commentary, it's becoming a new piece of content that has a totally new meaning. And then people are sharing this and connecting around cultural uh, events through that, things that are now trending. So this is how it started, right? And it's an account that is constantly doing just- And Daquan was- Good. Is the person called the Quan? No. Okay. Well, the, so the, the Quan account, whoever is behind it, was very good at creating these memes or finding memes that's that that were good. So because there's a difference, isn't there? There is a major difference. Back then, there were meme accounts. He was one of the few that was actually creating original captions. He, he wasn't just finding stuff out there and um, and posting it as his or her own, I don't know. This is, this is exactly what was unique about, about him. 
he was, I remember him spending four or five hours just thinking about one caption and debating four words, four or five words, right? Debating what would go more viral. Was he in the gym at 1600 Vine? Just no, like he's, in, he's in Canada. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that this is a really, really cool thing. We thought this is a format that's going to take off and has a lot of promise. So, but what what is unique about Daquan? Because there are so many meme accounts. Like, what 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 makes that this unique that can become a brand versus all the other meme accounts? So, great content curation, being the first to post what's trending today, respond to the current trends. When people go on social media, let's say to Instagram, and they know, for example, that Cardi B or just released a new song. And if you have a meme that is now connecting you about around that, this will go way more valid than just another comedic meme because it's trending. So the ability to provide um, really fresh and relevant content, this is what this is what made the Quan very unique and was key factor to its success. Everything that happened in the past 24 hours, we respond very fast. Okay, okay. So Daquan, and you, you did a deal with with the the proprietor of Daquan. Yeah, he joined the company. Okay. Yeah, he joined the company. And that became the backbone of the company. Exactly. And then we started focusing almost exclusively on the Quan for, for more than a year. Okay. Just so building that. Um, tell me about the reach, first of all. I want to get into the different channels, but of Daquan, like as a media property. So on Instagram, we have a presence of uh, more than 12 million followers now. Okay. On Snapchat, we are reaching uh, more than uh, 8 million uniques a month. Okay. And now we're also building that. Is that a lot? I, I, it's hard for me to compare, but. <laughs> I, I don't know because I, I just, because I guess when I go back to when, you know, people came on the podcast and they were talking about all their, their Facebook video views um, and, and some of the numbers were like unbelievable, really, like literally unbelievable. And, um, you know, they, they, it didn't come to anything. So I'm just wondering why is this like a real media brand versus just the kind of, you know, fleeting ephemeral stuff that we've seen on these platforms. So seems like it all turned out to be the opposite, right? The, the Facebook publishers that were doing hundreds of millions or billions of views, they became not really relevant right. because they were part of the feed. And the people that actually built themselves, not just based on views, but on actual engagement, they were the ones that, mm -hmm. that are now more relevant. And you're asking, what is a brand? Is, is this a brand? Now, the, uh, and, uh, one way to answer that is to think about engagement. The Quan is now getting about million engagements per post. Million people that are engaging. And that with means each post. either like likes or likes, comments. Likes, comments, or... saves, DMs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is pretty massive. Now, when you have all these people, people thinking about the Quan as their source of, of information and DMing the Quan like crazy, right? We're getting like 100 DMs almost every few minutes. Like This is the rate. People just want to be on the Quan and we're getting more than 5,000 submissions on, through our online portal every month of videos. People from all over the world that just want to be on the Quan, want to be featured, want to get memed by the Quan. Mm -hmm. When you have, you name it, like almost every celebrity you can think of, right? DMing the Quan, sending emails, want to be part of that culture. So you see that it's definitely, mm -hmm. definitely a brand. Snapchat recognized it earlier, right? They they wanted the Quan to be the first meme brand to launch on Discover. 
and okay. it turned out to be a really good success. So this is beyond Instagram and you, you don't view this as like just an Instagram account. Like, I mean, cause I think some people would just look at it and say, well, it's, it's a Canadian teenager who was pretty good at like posting some stuff on an Instagram account that doesn't make it a media brand. I think a brand is, when you define a brand is about engagement, right? Yeah. If you're looking at um, legacy media companies that are tr building social presence, while their, their engagement is around maybe 1%, you know, mm -hmm. we are reaching seven, 8%, sometimes 12% on branded content. Okay. For me, this is, you know, this is a and brand. And the demographics, I would guess that they skew pretty young. Mostly 18 to 24, yeah. Okay. Um, this is on Instagram. On Snapchat, it's, we do see also younger, many okay. from the 13 to 17. And and you've started other um, channels. You yep. call them channels. Yep. Explain explain the strategy. So the strategy was looking at the categories that our audiences really care about, right? So for, for example, we saw that when we posted esports memes on the Quan, we saw really great engagement. When we launched campaigns for esports brands like EA, we saw great engagement on the Quan. So we said, how can we create? a home for esports content on social media, and then we launched Tryout, right? We kind of tested it on the Quan and launched it like that. This is one way. Another way is that throughout technology, through a lot of different ways, we're looking at which accounts, which categories are getting good engagement on social, and then we're saying, okay, let's reach out to that. What is that voice that we want to, to fill out in the market? If we see that Gen Z, for example, are not getting enough uh, entertainment the right way, in the right voice, how can we fill that gap? How can we create a brand mm -hmm. that is relevant? We saw in soccer, for example, that people that are consuming soccer content, they're only consuming this in a very serious way. People don't have a way to really connect around soccer content. So we developed a channel called Soccer Memes which is only about the mm -hmm. comedic take on the recent soccer news. Right, it's not, it's not like the goals, but it's all the... the it's all Ronaldo the funny parts, exactly. It's, it's already more funny. than 2 million followers in just a year, right? So those kind of things... But these, account, these channels are not all um, memes. Not all memes at all, yeah. It's a lot okay. of editorial, a lot of news, a lot of polls, trivia articles, whatever. Um, I'm intrigued by So Satisfying. Explain So Satisfying. So... So Satisfying is a channel that we launched um, in the end of October, uh, exclusively on Snapchat Discover in the beginning, mm -hmm. like Snapchat first. And yeah, I mean, it's very- Explain unique. exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> I don't know it's, if you're familiar with the trend, but there- Well, it's like, it's like, it's like you know, like watching like soft serve ice cream and stuff. It's Yeah. Everyone's so, everyone's it's so stressed out. It's all mental health. So actually we <laughs> noticed that category very early. Like, is, that, is that like, what exactly is it? So it's people cutting soap, it's slime videos, <laughs> it's a lot of things that are satisfying to the mind and very relaxing. It's like, what is it? Is it ASMR? ASMR. Okay. ASMR is part of that. It's one pillar in that whole satisfying category, like slime. Slime is one category in that satisfying category. Slime. Slime. People, okay. Yeah, you see people playing with slime, very satisfying. Um, it's probably one of the most our most engaging accounts. And did you start that or did you acquire that? Acquire, I, I started. Sorry, every account that we after the Quan, every account we started. And so for something like that, you you see this trend towards, you know, whether it's you know listening to soothing sounds or whether it's um, um, chopping certain things yeah. that that there is a trend towards particularly younger people wanting to engage with this kind of. Yeah, and then we build accordingly. Then okay. we think, okay, what is the right brand? What is the right voice? 
also before we launch a channel, we are really checking, researching how the audience are talking, how the fans are talking between themselves, what they comment, what they say, what is their language. Based on that, we are trying to build a brand and we're also hiring people, our editors, our editorial team, the people that work at Imagine. If you come to our office, it looks like a college classroom, right? Okay. A lot of young people that they are the fans of the category. They are the people that are, they're writing content for themselves. So, uh, for example, our esports channel, Tryout, right? Our editors, they're not necessarily people that we like. When we when we uploaded the the job, right on Indeed, we got 500 applications. I can only imagine 500, right? <laughs> we ended up hiring someone who just graduated. <laughs> he emailed me 20 esports memes. I said, Barack, <laughs> sorry for the cold email. I saw it on Indeed. Here are 20 funny memes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of these, not not a lot of these companies, but a lot of these uh, these these things springing up around Instagram. Like I think about overtime and even like House of Highlights, really mm-hmm. that that grew out of there. Um, explain why th- this overall this category is creating new media brands, and I keep going back to that because I think some people they can just see it and say, well, okay, just because you just because you, you have a good Instagram account doesn't mean you're building like a real media brand. It's, it's not about being on Instagram or just having an account. It's more about the type of storytelling. It's the pace. It's being responsive to internet trends. It's um, providing content in a way that is very shareable. Those things, this level of authenticity, this is what defines the content, the content companies that you mentioned. So it's part of a new uh, form of storytelling that mm-hmm. we are in the forefront as opposed to, okay, these are just Instagram accounts. Of course, some are Instagram accounts, and I'm sure that 10 years from now, 95% of all the meme accounts that you that are out there right now, maybe you won't hear about them. Mm-hmm. But 5% might be you know, the next media brands of the world. And these are the ones we are hoping so, to incubate. So a lot of these, not all of these accounts, but, but some of these accounts, they rely on not originally created content. And there are meme accounts, and you know, obviously, um, the uh, the fuck Jerry situation after um, after those documentaries about the fire festival um, because they didn't they were taking other people's content and I know I I, I get Daquan has a different approach to this so all the pieces of content that are posted on Daquan are posted there with with rights and permission rights and say? permission and it's also when you look at let's say a brand like America's Finest Home Videos right or brands like this you can build meaningful brands based on licensed content that you get a lot of submissions you can build a brand like this right mm-hmm. the Quan this is was this was our efficient way to build the Quan to scale and get it to massive audiences because it's very efficient on Instagram in order to grow you need to post at least three times a day you cannot do it when you go and turn on cameras. This is why my Instagram account's stalled. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's not like a legal issue here with the con- having content rights because I get that like memifying some things you could say that it's creating an original piece of we content. don't rely on that we don't rely on that we don't say because we meme that so now it's ours or something like that we reach out to the owners we get approval you don't get, get takedown notices left and right if we get it's because maybe someone licensed it before us right it can happen 
Mm-hmm. You know, it can happen. Let's say there are companies, media rights companies, there are licensing videos that were submitted to us. You need to understand a lot of these people that submit content to us, sometimes they, you know, these are young kids that submitted it to a lot of different places. They don't. Re- sometimes they don't even know that they gave someone else an exclusive right. Mm-hmm. But we have to respect that. But you would say that you're, the, the approach is different than the, the fuck Jerry approach. We're going to get, get the explicit labels. I didn't name the company. I mean, I'm not sure about you know what is their internal process, really, to go and do approvals. I can't really speak to that. But we are really investing a lot of time in v- also verifying the identity of the people that submit content to us. We're asking for the phone number. We have a team that if we're posting the video, we're reaching out to them to verify that they are real because it happened to us in the past that people submitted content sure. and they didn't own it. They just wanted credit over it and they used us to get credit. And then we just discovered it like a month after we published it. The original owner reached out and said, hey, mm-hmm. this is mine. So things like that we're working to solve constantly. And we, I think that today we got to a level mm-hmm. that we are very protecting and protecting others people's rights and and they give us the rights right so you said with with Daquan it gets about a million engagements per per post per post um, how many people does it are on the Daquan team like to create this because I'm interested in the efficiency also of this yeah um, because I think some we just had uh, Pam Drucker man in, in this room yesterday um, from Condé Nast, and she was talking about putting in or uh, putting not Instagram, putting Snapchat on pause for some of the Condé brands because they they really couldn't figure out a, a way to make money off that. And and you can say, well, that's because you know the ad revenue isn't high enough, but oh, your cost might be too high. So I'm interested in like how efficient is this? Because I would guess, particularly when it comes to these meme accounts, that they're highly efficient. So every channel that we run is about two to three people. Okay, so two to three people creating a per million channel. a million engagements three times a day. Yeah. Um, no, on the Quan we're posting twenty one videos a day. Okay. On Snapchat. Okay. That's so a lot of content. It's it's a lot of content and it's three people. Yeah. And overall we are producing we're publishing more than six thousand pieces of content a month now on both Instagram and Snapchat mm-hmm. with a team of 15 editors. Okay, so that so can be pretty efficient. efficient. Yeah. Um, so on the revenue side, um, explain that. I can imagine a lot of agency services, branded content, um, because there's not, well, I mean, obviously Discover, yes, you can make money directly, but I think just regularly through Instagram, do you, do you get checks from Instagram? No, we are monetizing through branded content on Instagram. Right working with brands like Netflix, MTV, Burger King, EA, Microsoft. And so they come labels. to you and they say, look, we, we've, we've got a new burger or something like this. We want to reach a young audience and, and you guys do what? Yeah, we pitch them different creatives. They, we, we have really good retention. This is what I think very- but You're not taking their ads and running it. It's not trafficked, obviously, through no, like DoubleClick or anything. We go, no, no, it's all- <laughs> There's going, no programmatic angle no, to this No, not programmatic. Yet. It's all going organically on our accounts that we go and produce the content. And and yeah, we usually it's against the guarantee, right? We go and guarantee 10 million impressions, 5 million impressions, depends on what it, the campaign is. And they want the creative from you as part of this because you, you guys understand what, what resonates, right? Absolutely. Okay. Now, on Discover, I'm particularly interested in, in, this, in this more this efficient approach um, because some, some established publishers have had trouble with their, their 8 to 10 person Snapchat teams making 
the economics work. I mean, Snapchat has, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 just an interesting um, approach because it would just seem like there would be more uh, leverage in that model. And yeah, I think that also on on Snapchat, it's about two things. It's about how efficient you are. Of course, you can be like you mentioned, but it's also about the type of content that you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you are spending enough time making relevant content for the Snapchat audience, you should see good results. And you're not seeing in Snapchat a declining audience or declining audience engagement uh, on the content features. I mean, regularly hear about um, Snapchat hitting a wall as far as um, its user base goes. We we don't see something like that. You know, we on our KPIs, everything is increasing. Okay. So you're still very bullish on Snapchat as a media channel. And Instagram, yeah, both. These are and the Instagram. main social platforms that we're focusing on. Uh, why, what about other platforms? I mean, are you looking at TikTok? Are you looking at, at who knows? I mean, or maybe Daquan can go off that and go into to YouTube and all sorts of different places. So the brands are going into different places also. Going into YouTube and also websites. Websites? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about this. So the what Qu- are these things? We launched the Daquan website. Okay. And it's showing really good results. Uh, first why? Mo- why? Why do that? All these kids, they're on their phones. So people, when you have, when you have a real brand, Daquan is a real brand. Whenever we put a, an article on Daquan's Snapchat, the swipe up rates are unbelievable. People want to read and see what Daquan is posting. People want to see the Daquan's perspective on culture. And we tested it on Snap. And we saw really great results. So we said, let's let's try a website around that. First month, more than 200,000 monthly uniques, people coming and engaging mm-hmm. and spending time. And we think it's a good sign. We're but explain, explain why, why, why the website, um, you know, when you can get so many more, so many more views, so much more engagement. Um, yes, it's still early, but like, you're always going to have the, the, the scale, I would guess on like an Instagram. I mean, that's why the, that's why these networks work. Websites are still great scalable revenue models if you know how to do it right. Okay. This is one. Second, it's an opportunity to engage audiences with longer form editorial. The ones that are actual fans that they want to read through and want to spend more time and read away, we see those people, absolutely. And these are the main two reasons. It's also, and also it's a good distribution uh, platform for more original video content if you want to put it on the site. It's a it's a way for you to tease audiences to decide if you're putting original video content there. This is how we're looking at this. Okay, so how about TikTok? People T- are talking about TikTok a lot more. We uh, we're not there yet. We're still evaluating this for some of our channels. Okay, but we uh, we we don't have any presence on TikTok. Okay, so YouTube is more of a is that one you? I mean, because I would guess your your audience is yeah. I mean, I I would guess that that, that there's some TikTok users, but that. You know, YouTube is such a central place in in their lives. Absolutely, YouTube is is definitely a platform that we should be on, and we're going to start with the Quan and Try Hard, uh, putting more original video content. We are now have m- more than five shows in development for YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a general question, but take a, take a crack at it. Um, what mistakes do you think sort of traditional media companies do when they try to create content for these audiences on these platforms? Because I mean, they're coming at it from a different standpoint. They're, they're trying to retrofit their brands that really originated somewhere else. 
Um, and, and you had some experience in this early on, I would think, with trying to repurpose um, you know, content for a shorter, for a shorter app. So I can tell you that when we brought the Quan from Instagram to Snapchat, we almost didn't use Instagram content on mm-hmm. Snap. And this is just from Instagram to Snapchat. We didn't use the Instagram content because we wanted to create content that is only we have Snapchat in mind. Yeah. Now, when you're talking about legacy media companies and when they're coming to social Doesn't media. sound efficient. They're like, hey, we got this, these people making this content, so let's just like... They're trying to repurpose, for the most part, not all of them, but some of them are trying to repurpose TV content or content that was published on, this, on their site and things like that. And of course it doesn't work on social media. Of course it doesn't work on Instagram or Snapchat. I mean, no chance. These platforms has, each platform has its own unique storytelling. When we're bringing the quant to YouTube, this is not making meme compilations right this is how can we create what is the dequan okay. storytelling it's not just gonna be a slideshow of uh, of memes absolutely not okay. we are spending months right so just debating what that is we are, re- we are reinventing the brand every time snapchat discover we have content there some of the content that won't even work on on the instagram okay and what about like regular facebook um, we're, or we're, is your audience just not not that engaged there? Not that engaged there, no. That's got to be worrying for Facebook if you're not even looking. I mean, they own Instagram, so whatever. I mean, I think I'm not depends. worried about Facebook. I think, I think it will be relevant more for us once we start producing original video content. Yeah. Then we can look into watch and things like that. This is this is interesting for us. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a really a platform for meme content so much. Okay. Not, not like Instagram. And, and your relationship with Instagram is good. I mean, they look at you guys as, because I mean, look, the, the, the relationship between content creators and these platforms has been fraught in several areas. Um, but do you see this as, you know, overall a, a pretty, a positive yeah, relationship? Yeah, very positive. They look at that you guys are bringing something to the platform. Yeah, very positive. They keep us in the loop on new updates. They bring us to the office. We keep them posted on new things that we develop. It's a healthy conversation. Okay, cool. Barak, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. This podcast is produced by Didi Sangal. If you like this show, please leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. Um, you can also send me feedback. My email is brian at digiday.com or you can tweet me. I'm at bmarisi. Um, look forward to hearing from you and what you think. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode.